Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. From the Wollongong Golf Club, Saturdays in the Gong, sandwiched neatly between the Saturday set with Mick Gannon and Nick Ashman. Hope you found a winner there. And the Mowers Club on 11.70 at 9am in Sydney. You can also get us from 8 to 10 on Illawarra SEN Track 15.75. Good morning, lads. We've got the dream team here today, the Moses Leota of the Saturdays in the Gong. He takes all the big hits, the big carries. The support runs. Mitch Jennings from the Illawarra Mercury. Good morning, mate. Yep, just as formidable, mate, as well, as people would say. <laughs> I'm standing by. Come on, who am I? Yeah, <laughs> you know it's coming. The captains of the Saturdays in the Gong, the Nathan Cleary. Take me with you, boys. I'll carry you to the finish line. Good morning to Fox Sports, Matty Russell. G'day, Baz. Hello, Mitch. Beautiful morning. I thought it was going to be cold, wet and overcast. It's shining bright. It's a beautiful morning. As Belinda Carlisle once sang, heaven is a place on <laughs> earth here at Wollongong Golf Club. Thanks to our sponsors, Avcon, specialing in industrial and response projects. Find Ryan Burke at the team at avconprojects.com.au. Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years. And the Illawarra Mercury. Subscribe at illawarramercury.com.au. Well, we've heard about it all week, boys. Let's just touch on it again. One of, if not the greatest grand final of all time. They were down, they were out, they were torn apart by Ezra Mam, and then they came back from the dead thanks to Nathan Cleary. Penrith got it done. Yeah, they did. It was incredible. It was just incredible, wasn't it? I know people are comparing it to the other ones, and I was there in 2015, and people have compared it to that, but people sort of forget the way that game played out. The, the second half of that game was Brisbane were doing that tactic of just belting it into touch and trying to tackle their way to victory, so the way that half played out probably wasn't as enthralling, and then it got exciting at the end. This one was just from the jump, just so impressive to me. I know people have, have just waxed lyrical about Nathan Cleary, and rightly so, all week, but I just thought he cast off. The, the the last knock on him was he was a little bit in that Cooper Cronk class when you compared him to an Andrew Johns or a Jonathan Thurston. He, he never quite had the exuberance or that out and out, take the game by the throat view of Andrew Johns. He didn't have the flair and everything else that Jonathan Thurston had. He was almost like the knock on Cleary was that he was just this high performance vehicle built with high performance parts and he didn't have the ability to adjust on the run and play off the back foot and, and everything else. He was just a driver of a Ferrari. But you saw on the weekend, he loses Luai, loses his ball playing Lock Yo in the middle. Nowhere to go. He's chasing points. And the plays he came up with, it just showed there's... We always... What marked Joey, what marked Jonathan Thurston with all their attributes was the dog they had in him. And they wore that on their sleeve. Clearly he doesn't quite wear it on his sleeve in the same way. But the way he competed and got his side home there, 
There's a bulldog in Nathan Cleary, Matty Russell. Absolutely. Was it the greatest grand final? That's recency bias. I spoke to Stephen Blocker-Roach about this to start the week. He pointed to 73 when Bob Fulton was tearing Cronulla apart. You go to 77, 78. We had drawn grand finals that in those days were replayed. I remember vividly my favourite grand final still, 89, the Canberra comeback. 97, Darren Albert going over. Brilliant. I loved 2015. So I'm just happy to say that in 2023, we saw one of the great grand finals. I enjoyed it for what it was, a great game of footy. You don't have to put it on top or second or third. Just say it as it is. It was one of the great grand finals, one of the great grand final performances because for 20 minutes, Nathan Cleary owned the world and he just continues on a trajectory that as a 25-year-old, by the time he retires... At earliest, 32, maybe 35, perhaps even beyond. Well, Joey, Cooper Cronk, they all went to... That, sorry, not right. Joey, sorry, Jonathan Thurston went to 35. Clearly, yeah. he's a resilient type and, and he loves the game. There's no reason he can't play for another 10 years plus. By the time he retires on this trajectory, he will be in immortal discussion, absolutely. I have no doubt. Barring some catastrophic in, injury, uh, Nathan Cleary uh, will retire as a man who needs only time to become an immortal. I think the thing about Nathan Cleary too is he's a structured player, whereas you know we, we think back about a lot of the greats that they, they played by feel, you know, they, they were architects, but they, they just had that unique bit of magic and bit of touch. And I'm not saying Cleary doesn't have a bit of magic in him, but he's, he's such a structured player in a really structured team. And whether that sets him apart, it's, it just makes him a point of difference among those greats. You know what we're going to see too? What is, oh, I don't know if we will see it. If eventually part of this Penrith team breaks up, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, if a Jerome Luai goes elsewhere and if he goes off a cliff or if uh, Dylan Edwards has been locked down. But I always thought if he went somewhere else, would they lift the other team's sort of fortunes? And I think that is a way you would see how good Nathan Cleary is because he's, all, you know, you take them out of that system. Can I talk about Adam Reynolds? Just, just you, before you do, I want to come back to your, you, your point there about maybe Luai leaving. Uh, we don't know that yet. And, and even if he does, they have, uh, I, I, I've got it written down somewhere, seven, eight, nine players locked away until the end of 25, 26, 27. They have the core of a premiership winning team for years and years to come. Would you back against them now to win four in a row, Mitch? I wouldn't because I actually think, you know, if they do keep Luai, I think they're in a better position at this time to go back-to-back back next year than they were at this time last year to go back-to-back back this year when you're talking about Coruscant and kicking these guys that were leaving. Obviously, Crichton's moving on, and he was a close, close second to, to Nathan Cleary in that one. nursery in the world. They'll have other players so, come yeah, through I, I think they they're in a better position. Years. I think they're in a better position to go back-to-back back this time than they were the previous two well, times. There you go. They might before you get to Adam Reynolds, I guess, to finish that point, I was thinking about when, when Crichton came up with those couple of big plays. Now, as a Bulldogs fan, I'm wearing my Terry Lamb T-shirt. He's going to the Bulldogs next year and I was thinking how good's this we're going to have him in the team next year but then I thought how do we beat these guys even without the Crichtons you know we've got the kick outs the Burton's already come to the Bulldogs I kept looking at this game and thinking yeah and of course they're all up it's it's the the excitement of a grand final and everything that goes with it but I just thought how do teams like the St George Illawarra Dragons down here at Wynn Stadium the Bulldogs let alone the Tigers beat these teams next year. Because they're they're poles apart, aren't they? They are poles apart. I don't think you start with that aim. I really honestly don't think you do. I think your aim becomes 
like it always is, top four, get there and give yourself a puncher's chance. I think that's all anyone else other than those two sides is competing for next year, and we've seen that come off before. I don't think you even, I don't think anyone is naive enough or silly enough, any of those other clubs, to come out going, all right, this is Mission beat Penrith, Mission beat Brisbane. That's a recipe for disaster if yeah. you're doing that, particularly from, from the jump. I don't think any club even aims for that until they you know, all things going to plan, get to a final, a prelim or a grand final against one of those two sides and and actually contemplating how to do it then. Do it then. Don't bother doing it in, in November. <laughs> so well, after 9 o'clock, we're going to localise it as an Illawarra show. We'll have it 15.75 on SEN Track Illawarra. We're going to talk about St George Illawarra, where they're at, Shane Flanagan coming in, and just look to the future for them. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing next year the bottom three teams, huge supporter bases, Canterbury, West Tigers, St George Illawarra. It, this has been an amazing year for the NRL, for rugby league. One of the best I can remember. Started in the heat, finished in the heat, a brilliant quality in between. All the indicators out of head office were, were the right sort of indicators. Imagine what's going to happen if those huge clubs, huge supported clubs, Dragons, Tigers, Bulldogs, rebound and, and have, a, have a good season. It'll go to a new level. And maybe Stephen Crichton's going to be the tipping point at the Bulldogs because you're right, they've taken Burton from Penrith hasn't improved them, taken Kikau from Penrith, hasn't improved them, had any number of other recruits, haven't yet improved. You'd hope that sooner or later there's going to be a player that takes them past the tipping point and it all works. M- maybe, maybe 2024. South, you throw South in that too, Matty, now, I yeah. think, as well, because they missed the finals. And those three clubs that were the bottom three this year, they're going at different stages, different approaches. The Bulldogs are buying their way back, and that's stage two or three of wherever they're along in the last couple of years. Obviously, Blake Taft comes into that. Bronson Jerry comes back from his drugs ban, so he's a bit of an X factor there. Their back line is stacked if they get it right. The Dragons are kind of at base camp, aren't they? They're, they're at the point where Shane Flanagan's going to... They're looking the, for more Sherpas. Hit the reset button, <laughs> and the, the Sherpas need to drag them out of the mire. But they're probably a stage or two behind. And that's not to say that Shane Flanagan can't get instant results, because if he, if he can make Ben Hunt happy and get two good years out of him, well, who knows? You know, they, they still might be around the edge of the eight. The Tigers, well, all hell's breaking loose there. We might touch on that later. Um, but... To go back to your point about Adam Reynolds, um, Geno, I mean, it was only a couple of years where the Broncos were right there where those teams like the Bulldogs and the Dragons were, and having Adam Reynolds on board has given them such stability. I know they've got great players around them, but, you know, they were five, ten minutes away from a premiership. Absolutely, and I think that's another thing that points to how good Penrith have been. If you look at the, the teams that played grand finals against, look where South Sydney are, look where Parramatta are, how hard it is to sustain that level. Brisbane now face that challenge of trying to stay there again. That's how good Penrith are to be able to do what they're doing. But I just want, I wanted to speak about Adam Reynolds because I've heard some absurd criticisms of him this week, I think. He was busted in that one. You've got to remember, too, he could have left the field and no one would have batted an eyelid. The way he... I thought his groin... The commentators had him ripping his groin apart. I thought he ripped his labrum in the hip. It's an injury I've done before, and I thought that's exactly what what he'd done. The labrum in your hip. (laughs) Where's that, That's that's how I learned. When mine came out is when I learned (laughs) it was there. But I just think some of the plays he came up with, yes, I mean, you're always going to look at your halfback to get you home when you've got that cushion late in a grand final. But, you know, people want to pinpoint certain plays and they're talking about the, the dropouts. Predominantly, we're talking about that type of stuff. He executed the first one to perfection. It was his outside men that fluffed that and gifted a try Absolutely. to yeah, Mitch yeah, Kenny. Yeah, he executed yeah. that to perfection, did his job there. In the other instances where he was going for those dropouts, you've got to remember, it was always at a time in the game when they were up by a margin that was not going to gift two points to Penrith. Penrith weren't going to take the two points in those instances. In particular, that last one where Cleary caught it and took it out, made it out on the full 
he had a howling wind going directly into his face. So if you kick long there, it's just going to hold up. You're going to be defending your own try line anyway. They were up by four, so they're not going to take the two if you do kick it out in the full, as he ended up doing. And he was inches away from executing a play that would have been absolutely, you know, match team, probably match winning in that instance. I think he threw everything at the game, and he's some of those things that didn't quite come off. What would you prefer? Your halfback sit back and try nothing? How much would we be hammering then? I just can't believe it. And as you said, Baz, an absolutely transformative effect mm. on, on a club. That was a wooden fallen spoon, powerhouse. Yes. Wooden spoon, mm. 14th. He was absolutely... I know, and I, you can't understate the impact of Reese Walsh. I think if there's anyone that should really be under the blowtorch for the grand final, it's probably Reese Walsh. The form he was in, how important he'd been for Brisbane all the way through, didn't really have an impact on that grand final. So, I know it's hard in that first half when they had no football and he did lay on that try for, for Ezra Mann, but was out of position a couple of times and just the occasion did seem to get to him a little bit. And I think that's the big thing. That's the difference between grand finals to origins. People always go, origins, if you don't origin. With origin, you are with the best players in the game everywhere around you. You literally just have to do your job and you were thereabouts. In a grand final, the pressure's the same. The stakes are the highest. The game's usually the same pace. But you're the man in that team. You've got, instead of being a back line that has all those people, you're, again, you've got Jesse Arthurs on the wing, who I thought was just outstanding. I know you wanted to talk about some unsung heroes, Baz, but you've got different players around you. If, if Reese Walsh doesn't play to his peak in that grand final, Brisbane don't win. Queensland, it's not quite the case. He could not play to his peak and Queensland might win. It's a big difference between grand finals and origins. I think Reese Walsh, and he'll be, he'll be better for it. He's 20, what, 20 years old? Like, he's going to be, he's going to be at the top of his game for a long, long time, but for God's sake, can we ease up off Adam Reynolds? I think some of the criticism of him has been absurd. The signing of Adam Reynolds has been a resounding success. And for South Sydney not to sign him has been an abject failure. Yeah, absolutely. If they Monumental. had Adam Reynolds this year, I've got no doubts they make the top eight. Maybe they make the grand final. It's been one of the recruitment blunders of the... of You go back for however long. I spoke about it last week, yeah. Matty, when you were talking about the records they have and money and value for money and everything else. And that was a discussion at the time. Cooper Cronk sort of said he wanted more bang for buck if you were going to re-sign him. And I, compa- I look back at his career and I compared it to million-dollar players. Adam Reynolds has never been in that million-dollar-a-year discussion. He's played more finals games, won more finals games than Daly Cherry Evans, Mitch Moses, Ben Hunt. Career-wise, he has a much higher win percentage. South Sydney were thereabouts year after year after year with him as a halfback. His career at Clubland mm. actually buys and sells those blokes that I've just spoken about that are in that million-dollar-a-year conversation so very underrated I don't think one grand final that aside against what a lot of people think is the best side of the modern era you had to beat him twice and he couldn't quite do that but I think some of the criticism just unwarranted I think he's still one of the most criminally underrated players we've had of the last decade and uh, I think to, I think it's um, I don't think he got enough due really for what Brisbane did to get there and now all of a sudden the the, crit- the coin flips and he's copping the flak I don't like it ease up off him I reckon I reckon it's been like you said transformative on Brisbane and yeah he deserves all the raps well there aren't enough superlatives for Nathan Cleary but I wanted to bring up the unsung heroes of the contest and they're everywhere I mean if you go back and watch the replay it's it, there's so many big plays I just wanted to give a rap to Mitch Kenny he started the game with that sneaky play off that short dropout as you mentioned scored that try just really good rugby league smarts to know that was on and then at the end, he's a dummy half. He looks to the open, knowing full well that Cleary's on the blind. Now, that's common enough, but he, he just rifles the pass almost blind, straight to Cleary, which just gives Cleary that extra split second. Now, I know the Broncos defenders have done a lot of work and were tiring, but just gives Cleary that little extra second to then put on that stepping play to go in and score. And it's all those little things which make 
the super grand final that it was. My unsung heroes would be the two wingers, Taruva and Toto, if Toto can be unsung. But they do concede a lot of height to their opposition players, not just in grand finals, but through the big games in the back end of the season. But each time I was expecting an aerial raid to perhaps bring them undone, they handled the occasion. They stood tall, so to speak. And what they lacked in terms of aerial ability, they made up with strength and go forward. For me, Sania Toruva, Brian Toto, take a bow. Yeah, mine was... I'm going to the wings as well, and I know they didn't. They obviously didn't get the win, but I thought Jesse Arthurs was outstanding, particularly in that first half when his side was on their line, just defending, defending, defending. I thought in that in that regard, honestly, I thought all the, the back, the, back, the centres and wingers for Brisbane all did a good job in that regard Katani Staggs Farnworth everyone else but I thought Jesse Arthurs he's the last guy you'd expect to be the punching through and making those metres to get him out of trouble he did it time and time again and he was obviously taken out of the game a little bit in the second half but I thought in the first half for them to stay in it enough to score that try on half time and, and really have it on a knife edge I thought he was absolutely outstanding weird waking up this Saturday morning Tim Barrow because we don't have any elite rugby league on in Australia for 33 out of the last 34 weekends we've either had pre-season challenge or the regular season or finals footy. There's nothing this weekend, but don't worry, Mitch Jennings. Next weekend, it's back. The Pacific Championships on Fox League. What a month of uh, representative rugby league to look forward to. I'll tell you what, you can tell you're not a Bulldog supporter. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great relief to not actually have to watch rugby Malta. league. Week Malta. Week. Yeah. Malta are playing today. I can throw that. Aaron, Wollongong's own Aaron McDonald and the, Wollongong's own Elisa Janssen. Leichhardt Oval. Okay. So we've got a Blake Phillips, obviously the legendary Blake Phillips in our competition. Aaron McDonald uh, from Wollongong coaching that Maltese side and uh, Elise Janssen also coaching the women's side. So there is some rugby league on. All right, we're going to go to a break in a second, but before we do, I'm going to get our maestro Chris to soak in the NRL Grand Final highlights one more time. It goes through. He's got support, Leota. Moses Leota says we're not gone yet. The Panthers, the Premiers, the reigning champs, not ready to give it up just yet. 12 metres away. Kenny. Kenny away to Cogger. Cogger to Cleary, Cleary away to Crichton, Crichton heading for the try line, Stephen Crichton, four grand finals in a row for Stephen Crichton, and the Panthers within a try. They're five metres out, Kenny goes to the short side, Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary, he goes through, Cleary under the post, he has a kick to take the lead, and maybe the Panthers towards a famous three-peat. Full time. The Penrith Panthers three-peat. We've witnessed one of the most remarkable comeback games you'll ever see.